It's been a crazy week this week. Uh, we just finished Mother's Day last weekend. Tammy did an amazing job. Uh, like I told you, she's my favorite speaker at Life Church. I told Tammy, if you just want to go and be the pastor, and I'll sit on the front row, and I'll clap for you and cheer for you, and you can travel the world, and I'll sell your books and your tapes and all that kind of good stuff. But She's like, nope, that's what I'm doing. So anyhow, she did an amazing job. So glad to have her last weekend speak. And today we're starting a brand new series in Romans chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. We're going to be covering over the next several weeks as we're walking through the book of Romans during this year. And before we get to Romans chapter 3 and we began this brand new series, I just want to take a moment and just share with you, you know, this week's been an exciting week as far as the state of Wisconsin, the governor's office, the state legislature, the Supreme Court ruling uh, on the stay and shelter order and all of that that's happening as we speak. It feels like every day, sometimes every hour, something's changing. So I want to let you know this. We are so eager to be able to have church together. Uh, I would much rather to do this with you um, and just to be together and to see you and to just be around you and all of that great stuff. And so what we're doing right now is we are uh, watching everything. We are communicating with county government, uh, also looking at what the CDC is saying. Uh, we have put together some documentation that is very fluid at this point, but trying to work so that we can, in a very safe way and in a very enjoyable way, all come back together to worship uh, in the near future. So I'm just communicating to you to stay tuned online, on Facebook, uh, email. Uh, as things are developing, we will be communicating with you. But our desire and our plan is over the next sev several days to be able to have kind of a good idea and then to let you know when we'll begin to, along with as the, as the, the county and the CDC allows us, be able to come back together and have church together, uh, live and in person. Having said that also, some of you may go, hey man, right now until everything is over because of maybe a condition that you're dealing with or, or your age or, or whatever it may be, just your comfort level, you're just gonna kind of be online, no problem. This is what's so great about Life Church. We have been one church, multiple locations for a very long time. So whether you're joining us from the comfort of your own home or whether you are live at a service or whether you are driving down the road and you're hearing me speak, we are the church. Wherever we're meeting together, one church, multiple locations, we're going to get through this together. You know, I really do believe that. I, I believe that God is orchestrating and working all this out for our good. I, I heard one pastor say, a friend of mine say it like this, you know, the children of Israel, as they were leaving uh, Egypt and, and they, were, they, they were going to the promised land. It, it wasn't a comfortable journey. It wasn't a comfortable season. It wasn't, it wasn't easy, but God was at work ultimately taking them to the place he had promised. And I believe that's true for us is that God is at work even in our midst and, and, and allowing the church to be the church um, in a way that quite frankly, we may not be comfortable with sometimes. It may not be easy sometimes. It may be very disruptive even interruptive into our schedule. But God ultimately is at work and God is doing some great things. And I believe we'll look back on this time and be able to see where we were with God and God was with us and God opened up doors. And so over these next several days, please be in prayer with me. I'm gonna to continue to be in prayer with you. Let's continue to pray one for another and we'll keep you communicated as we began to get these steps and processes in place so that we can safely and joyfully come back uh, to, together to worship God together. 
Great. Okay. Well, I got to get into the message today or I'm going to be all out of time, which is not a new thing. If you were here, you'd say, amen. I can hear you from your, from, from your living room couch right now. Romans chapter three. In this series, we're calling this the seal of approval. And today's message, we're talking about being approved. Now, seal of approval, if you go back to or you look that up, maybe if you grew up kind of like how I did, you, you would hear like something like the good housekeeping seal of approval, which really, as you looked at it, really was just kind of a marketing scheme for Good Housekeeping Magazine to be able to say, hey, these are products that we recommend. And little did we all know that those were also products that were being marketed to that magazine. So it was kind of that type of relationship. But as it was one of those gold standard seals that said, hey, this product has been approved. You should use this. We're recommending this to you. Somewhere in middle school, again, I grew up in the 80s, and so somewhere in middle school, uh, consumer reports came out. And so they began to come out as a report, then they became out as a magazine. And so, I mean, they, they did everything from toasters to Tupperware to, to Toyota minivans. I mean, they, they just did everything. And they told you, you know, here's, what the, here's how good the product was, here's how valuable it was, and here's how we rate it to today. Uh, we're all watching, uh, picking up various news from various different platforms about the FDA, uh, the Food and Drug Administration, giving a gold seal of approval basically on a vaccine, that as soon as there's a vaccine for the COVID-19 that we can eradicate this coronavirus, we can all kind of get back to normal. We're waiting for a drug that has a seal of approval from the FDA. It seems like in our life, it doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing, we're looking for certain seals of approval. And Paul begins to talk about this in, in, in the book of Romans as he begins to unpack what it means to have the seal of approval from God. Now, some of you may go, well, I don't know that I really need that, but I would beg to differ. You know, as you read the New Testament of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see that there are two times where God audibly speaks. It's in the presence of his son, Jesus. The first time is when Jesus begins his public ministry. And, and, and the Bible says that as Jesus is baptized, that the heavens open up and that the voice of God like thunder begins to say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Again, the second time we see this in scripture is Jesus is on the, what's called the Mount of Transfiguration, where he's on the mountaintop with Peter, James, and John, and God shows up. And again, God's voice says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Again, in both instances, God is giving his seal of approval. He's saying that Jesus is approved. He is his son, therefore he has authority. Therefore, listen to him, follow him, watch him. The first time in front of everybody as John the Baptist begins to baptize him and he begins his public ministry. The second time as he's with the inner circle of his disciples of Peter, James, and John. Now here's what I would say. If Jesus needed approving, if Jesus needed God's seal of approval, how much more do you and I, who are not 100% God and 100% God the way Jesus was, how much more do we need it? I'm telling you, we do. There's nothing like that when someone who's influential in your life, an authority figure in your life, a parent or a leader, a coach, a teacher that looks at you and goes, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm with you 100%. That approval. And that's what Paul begins to unpack as Christ followers, 
what that means and how we receive that approval. It's very simple. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter three, verse 22, I'm gonna pick it up there, Romans three, verse 22, in the New Living Translation, it says it this way. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Verse 24, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. We're approved. The first way that we're approved and that we know we're approved and how we're approved, Paul says, is by receiving Christ. You and I are approved when we receive Christ. Look back at verse 22. For we are made right with God. We're approved by God. We're, we got the seal of approval with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. This is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. Look at that word placing. It's not just enough that I believe who Jesus is, but I must act upon that belief. Again, the Bible says even the demons in hell tremble at the name of Jesus. Satan himself knows that Jesus is the son of God, but that doesn't save him because he doesn't put his faith in him. Satan puts his faith in himself. Satan puts himself, his faith in his evil schemes. But you and I have a choice. Where are we going to place our faith? Let me say it like this. Who are we going to trust? Paul says that when you choose to put your trust in the words of the great theologian Bob Dylan, you're gonna trust somebody, amen. When you choose to put your trust, to place your trust in Jesus Christ, that's how you become approved. It's not just that you believe it, it's that you're acting upon it. That's the reason why Romans 10, 9, and 10 says if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. It's not just enough that I believe, I need to confess, I need to act. It's that action of placing. It's the verb of placing. It's I'm doing something with that belief system. Secondly, he says here about receiving Christ, it's faith. I'm going to trust somebody, somebody beyond myself. And who does he say that we get the approval of God when we put our faith, when we place our faith in Jesus? Jesus. There's not multiple ways. There's not many ways to get God's approval. There's one way. Again, I didn't write the book. I don't get editorial privilege, but John chapter 14, verse six says that Jesus says these words of himself. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's only one. That sounds narrow-minded. It sounds very much like really old school, but I'm telling you, I didn't write the Bible. I didn't write the book. This is what God says. This is God's plan, the, the gospel, that if I want to be approved by God, if I want God's gold seal, his good housekeeping seal of approval, if you would, I place my faith, not in church, not in some higher being, not in some higher power, but in Jesus Christ, Jesus Lord. Let's look on. The, the second way that we're approved is by retaining grace. 
by retaining grace. Look at verse number 24. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. That word yet, it really sticks out to me. And, and as I was processing this and going over this, it really kind of was like, that's a word that I say, it's a word that I, am, uh, I imply that I know, but, but what's the actual definition? So I went back old school to, to Webster's Dictionary. And you know, Webster's kind of gives you like the first meaning and the second meaning, the third, it kind of gives you kind of some variations. But this is the one that stuck out to me. Yet, according to Webster, is quote unquote on top of everything else. That word yet means on top of everything else. So on top of the fact that God loves you, on top of the fact that God has a plan for you, on top of the fact that God gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, on top of the fact that Jesus Christ came and left the glory and splendor of heaven to make of himself no reputation and he clothed himself in humanity and he humbled himself like you and I, on top of the fact that Jesus lived a sinless life, on top of the fact that Jesus died on the cross, on top of the fact that Jesus rose again, on top of the fact that if we just place our faith in Jesus, we will be saved today and forever, on top of all of that, it's a lot for a little word, a little three-letter word called yet. God gives us grace. Grace. Again, that's another word that we use a lot. It's kind of a churchy word. Matter of fact, it's been so used in the church world that, that even in the dictionary itself, it says Christians refer to the word grace as unmerited or unearned favor of God. Grace. Grace is getting what I did not earn. I didn't earn salvation. I, I, I didn't earn heaven. I didn't earn my sins being washed away. No, that's, God did that for me through his son, Jesus Christ. All I have to do is believe. I didn't earn God's approval. Wow. How much time do you spend trying to get God's approval? How much time do you go, hey, if I show up in enough life groups and, and if I serve so many hours and if I give enough money, if I show up week in and week out and I'm involved and Maybe God will, maybe he'll approve of me because possibly maybe in your life that your, your earthly father didn't give you approval or withheld that. And we already discussed how important that is. Maybe it's a spouse that withholds approval. Maybe it's a coach or maybe you just really deal with some self-esteem issues and approval is something that you are so striving for in your job and your work and athletics, whatever field of endeavor and competition that you pursue. You have to earn that. Got to earn that. Got to earn those grades. I got to earn that dollar. I've got to earn the, my place on the team. I've, I've, I've got to earn that position. I've got to earn that. And in everything in our world, we earn it, we earn it, we earn it. But when it comes to God, we don't earn our approval from him. Paul says it's not about you being better than somebody else or you being faster than someone else or, or you being perfect. No, no, it has nothing to do with that. God just loves you, period. No cap, as my daughter would say. He loves you. He graciously loves and approves of you. This is how the kingdom works. Your works, your earning doesn't work in God's world. 
Every other place, yes. But when it comes to God, no. It reminds me of a time that I was going from, from Heathrow Airport and I was jumping into a cab and I had to, to get to a particular place in London and I had no money on me. Well, I had US money, but I had no British pounds in which to pay the, the cab driver. And so I, I asked him, I said, do you take US money? And he looked at me like, are we in the United States? <laughs> like, what, what, what are you thinking, bro? And, and so I had to say, can you wait here for a moment and keep the meter running? I'll run in and I'll get some money exchanged here at the hotel as I'm checking in. I'll, I'll get some money and I'll come back out and I'll pay the meter. Because again, my U.S. money, my U.S. currency didn't work in his British world. The same way my earning and my striving, and it works in my grades, it works at my work, that works in every other place in my life, it doesn't work when it comes to God. It's not in my trying, it's in my trusting. It's not in my running, it's in my resting that I find the strength of the Lord, that I find God's approval. Let's move on. The last thing that we see of how we receive the approval of God is Remembering the cross. Remembering the cross. Look at verse 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who had sinned in times past. It's all about the gospel, the good news. John 3, 16, for God so loved you and I that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that if we would believe in him, if we would put our face, place our faith in him, we would not perish. We would not die, but have everlasting life. For Jesus is our sacrifice. He is the one who paid for our sin. He's our payment for sin. Theologians call that propitiation. He is the payment for our sin. Our sin demands a payment. Jesus is a that payment. I love how Paul says it to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Righteousness. That word, it's right there in the, in the text. Made right with God. That's what that means. Jesus' sacrifice makes you and I right with God. Again, it's not you. It's not me. It's not us. It's not our earning. It's that grace, remembering the cross. So, so how, how do I get God's approval? I get God's approval when I receive Christ, when I place my faith in him, when I do more than just give a mental assent that, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with Jesus, but I literally say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, and be my Lord, be my Savior. I choose you as my salvation. I receive God's approval as I, as I remember and I retain the grace and understand, realize it's by the grace of God that I've been saved. And I get God's approval when I remember the cross. It all comes back to the cross. It all comes back to the fact that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. So what's not part of the equation of getting God's approval? Our works. I touched on this a little bit, but I want to hammer this home because this is what Paul says. Look back in verse 23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. All of us are sinners. 
falling short of God's standard. God's gold seal of approval, God's good housekeeping seal of approval, that top rating with consumer reports, that, 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 that approval. We all just come, God's approval's here, God's standard's here, and we just come up just, just kind of short, almost close, but not enough. And it's not enough that I beat you. Again, it's not about earning. It's not about out-earning you. It's not about outpacing you. You may be here and I may be a little bit higher, but God's standard is still here. Every one of us, all of us, sin. And because we sin, we all fall short of God's standard. So when I say what's not part of the equation, my works, that's kind of a Christian-y way of saying it's not about my success. It's not about my accomplishments. It's not about my ability. It's not about I, me, and my. It's about him. His approval in my life, it's not about where I grew up how much education I have or how much money I have in the bank or what you think about me. It's about the fact that I place my faith in Jesus Christ. I retain the grace that I did not earn, that I could never repay. And I remember the cross because I, just like you, have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And the only thing that gets me to God's standard is Jesus. So today, I want to go back to verse 22. As we wrap things up, Paul says, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. This is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So me choosing to place my faith in Jesus Christ is what makes me right with God. It's what takes my sins away. It's what allows me to know that, that, that I'm right with God so that if I die, I know that I'm right with God. I'm gonna go to heaven. It's what helps me live right in the here and now and in the sweet by and by. And I love the phrase that he uses there. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you're born, where you're from, who you are, if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you are saved. It's not about earning. It's not about being good enough. It's simply just receiving the gift of Jesus Christ. Salvation, free. So today, I want to give you an opportunity regardless who you are or where you are, to receive that gift of salvation, to receive God's approval. You know what? You don't have to even be in a church building to receive God's approval. You can be driving along in your car listening to this message. You can be on a treadmill right now watching this sermon. You, you could be sitting there and, and just sitting there in the living room at your house and your favorite, your favorite slippers and you're watching what's going on. You, 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 you may be anywhere and you go, you know what? I believe everything that, that, that Aaron just said, that that pastor just said. I, 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 I want to put and place my faith in Jesus Christ. I, I, I want to do more than just give a mental assent. I, I want to believe, and, and I do believe, and I, I want to place my faith there. And when you do that, what happens is, is that God approves. God gives his approval. God, you, you're here, and the standard is here. Jesus makes up all this difference right here. And he brings it up, and you're right with God. So today, if that's you, I want to pray with you. 
And what I'm simply going to do is pray this prayer with you. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, I will be saved. That's you today. Would you just bow your head with me right where you are? Just right there in your room. Maybe you're on the treadmill, you need to step off for a second. Maybe you're driving down the road, don't bow your head, but pray this prayer with me. And I believe if you're gonna, you believe the prayer that you're about to pray, that you are going to be in right relationship with God. You're going to be saved, as we would say, born again, is what the Bible says, that you're gonna have a right relationship with God now through Jesus Christ and in eternity. Will you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth and taking on my sins and dying on the cross for me. I believe that you, Jesus, are the son of God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for my sins and rose from the grave, just like the Bible says. Today, I place my faith in you, Jesus. And I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Take my sins away from now and forever. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Father, I pray for the, every person that prayed that prayer for the very first time, that, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength, that peace of God that passes understanding would flood their hearts. And God, as they have chosen to place their faith in you, according to your word, God, I remind you of your word, that I just pray, let, let that forgiveness just flow. It's instantaneous. That's what your word says. And let new life flood their hearts and their lives. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen.